0: podcast uh, running it back from Tuesday. We're back on the two days. Feels good to be back in the uh, the midst of things, you know, in the in the heat. But we got we got a first time guest here, bro. Tanner motherfucking Collins, all repping his Jets gear and everything. It's been a minute, man. What you been up to? Tell, tell the listeners.
2: Dude, thank you guys for having me on. Um, you know, I've just been chilling working with Mitchell over at the golf course uh washing golf carts putting them back out you know not much of anything over there
0: good shit man well good shit we love to hear it uh glad to have somebody on you know we did this last summer where we kind of brought in um specific fans you know and had conversation with them it's a good time especially with like we don't know i don't know anybody that's a jet fan except you so yeah it's good to yeah me either (laughs) it's good to run it it's good to run it but uh boys jaden Mitch, how we doing good glad to be back in two nice. weeks yeah it's fun me too let me uh got the whatchamacallit the the title on motherfucking test stream again which was nice i know fucking win but it is what it is we're back in here but yeah so we're breaking down the uh the afc east off seasons today and um, like we did on Tuesday, we're going to run through uh, our favorite moves, worst moves, uh, draft thoughts, overall off-season grades, and then an over-under on the win totals that are set. I believe it was by the, uh, the New York Post where I found them, So, and they probably got them from FedMG, whatever the fuck. So, yeah, we're diving into it. And first, we got the, and Jacob McLaren hits us with uh, his annual, or not annual, but routine Go Ravens comment. Appreciate it, man. We actually (laughs) had that episode on Tuesday, so (laughs) we'll be – Yeah, we'll be light on the – content. But um, But, yeah. All right. So, without further ado, let's dive into the AFC East. And, of course, we are leading off with the New York Jets, man. So, uh, a little recap of their offseason. I'll go ahead and read off the graphic. Um, And, like I said yesterday, these are just, like, the notable additions and subtractions – um, but on the addition side, they bring in running back Brees Hall out of Iowa State, which is awesome in the second round. Um, wide receiver Garrett Wilson um, in the first round as well. Um, then they sign guard Laken Tomlinson over from San Francisco, bring him over to New York. Um, they signed Jermaine Johnson at the end of the first round, which was kind of shocking for a lot of people because after he showed out at the Senior Bowl, uh, a lot of people expect it in senior week in general. Um a lot of people expected him to move up in the draft, maybe top ten, but he falls to the Jets. And then with the number four overall pick or number three overall pick, um, they go a mod or number four overall pick. They go a mod sauce Gardner, the corner out of Cincinnati. And on the departure side, Jamison Crowder, he's headed out of town. Uh, defensive tackle Morgan Moses or offensive tackle Morgan Moses used to play for the Skins back in the day. Um and then Defensive tackle, Foley F- Fatu Kasi. Hey, that's what I'm that's talking about. Uh, let's go. And then uh, Marcus May is also headed out of town in New York. So, Tanner, I'll hand it off to you right away, man. Initial thoughts? Uh, how we feeling about it?
2: I think we had a really good offseason, um, obviously. I think we missed on some big names in the wide receiver market Tyreek Hill most notably obviously gone to the dolphins um Debo Samuel there was a rumored offer there out there for him but we missed on him as well which i'm fine with we got Garrett Wilson and his yearly salary is like 5 million dollars a year instead of 25 30 million hopefully we can spend that money next offseason on something better we've got to resign Quentin Williams as well most likely um the departures didn't really matter to me other than Jamison Crowder. He has been our most consistent wide receiver since he's been there, um, unless he's obviously injured. Um, but I think it's more – it it sucks more because he's gone to the Bills more than we lost him. If he had gone to the NFC, I, I wanted him to go to a contender. I was – I'm rooting for him. Well, I was going to root for him, obviously, on a contender. Um but him going to the Bills is just an upgraded Cole Beasley, um, which really sucks that we've got to face him and Stephon Diggs twice a year. But I think I think our offseason was really good. I think we killed it in the draft. It was insane to get Jermaine Johnson. I was watching it with my friend Mason. I was just like, dude, this is the one. This is the pick we're going to get him. This is it. This is the one. It was like from 12 all the way to 26. And then they said we traded in. I couldn't believe that we actually did it. So I think we had a great draft. I think we had a really good offseason, filled a lot of holes and sort of spending money, you know, all willy-nilly, kind of like we used to. Joe Douglas has a plan, so I trust him.
0: Oh, yeah, man. And you got Robert Sala over there (laughs) leading the crew. Um, And, you know, optimistic offseason. That's not something you can say very often as a Jets fan. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. No. No. Yeah.
2: No. Good
0: shit. um, But, Jaden, I wanted to ask you, man, and Mitchell, you too, because you guys were uh, draft experts. Why do you think Jermaine Johnson fell so far in general?
3: I mean, I think it was kind of false, him getting falsely inflated to begin with. I, I think the Jets were fueling a lot of the hype of him going at four. I don't know what their motive of that being was, but like, I didn't hear anything about the Giants or any of the other teams really in the top 10 talking about Jermaine Johnson that highly, except for the Jets. But I mean, when you can get a guy that you were thinking about it for, whether that be genuine or not down at 26, yeah, I still
0: no, think that's sure. a win. Mitchell, you align with those thoughts?
1: Yeah, he pretty much ended up where they initially had him going because he only had one true breakout season. A lot of the stuff around draft time is just a lot of hype to see if someone bites and leaves someone you really like available. And the Jets had two picks in the top 10. Maybe they were trying to get someone to bite within the top 10 on a guy they only kind of like maybe at the moment because they did wait until 26 to get him, and it left Garrett Wilson wide open for the taking for them.
0: Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. So um initial thoughts on favorite moves, boys. What uh what do we think Jaden and Mitch? I can go ahead first. And um huge fan of Lakin Tomlinson signing. Three years, forty million, just because you're really starting to solidify that line officially Because you bring in Lakin Tomlinson, um, you'll probably move him in at left guard, then move Elijah Vera Tucker over on the right side, and then you got Makai Beckton already over there as well. So you're really putting together a solid offensive line to protect your own quarterback. Um, what were your, what are your guys, some of your favorite moves? Jits.
1: Uh, personally, I really like the Garrett Wilson pick because you have Corey Davis, you have Elijah Moore, and now you have Garrett Wilson. Mm-hmm. You have a somewhat of a three headed monster. If Wilson pans out and you can just become an air raid offense. Now, with Zach Wilson It's kind of, everybody's been saying it now. It's kind of like the Bengals. They might not have that Jamar Chase alpha out of any of them, but you have three really good receivers, and you can have three receivers at all time with a good running back in the backfield now with Brees Hall and trust him to run and create opportunities for those receivers.
0: Yeah, for sure. I'm a huge fan of what they did with Garrett Wilson pairing him up with uh, Elijah Moore, who I think Elijah Moore I mean, I don't know about you, Tanner. I think Elijah Moore is set for a huge season Pro I don't know. Hot take, maybe thousand plus yards, eight plus touchdowns. I don't think it's that hot. No? Damn.
2: No, I think I think Elijah Moore is the yeah. alpha. I think I think he's our best receiver. I love Garrett Wilson. I you know, we don't know what he's gonna do in the NFL, but there's a three or four stretch games of that or last year that Elijah Moore was like a top five receiver in all the NFL. And then he got hurt. So I believe in him. That's why I got his jersey. But we'll see.
0: And A.J. Brown talks him up like he's the next for real wide receiver one because they were super close at uh, Ole Miss or whatever. But, Jaden, you were about to say something, man. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm right there with Mitchell and Garrett Wilson. I like – I know that's kind of easy, but – I really like bringing him in. You get to move Corey Davis down to be a number two. You get to move Elijah Moore into the slot. Now you can do a lot more things with your offense. I also really do like getting Brees Hall, though, going to get the number one running back. um, Just adds another element to this offense. Takes the load off of uh, Zach Wilson a little bit more and just creates a lot of playmakers on this team, adding C.J. Ozama in there as well. Now you've got a lot of really good pass catchers on this roster.
0: Um, One thing that I was a little bit concerned about and a lot of people have been talking about this. Pairing up Brees Hall with MCJ, like what happens to Michael Carter Jr. now? I mean, I was a huge fan of Michael Carter Jr. last year. I mean, it could definitely be a running back by committee. But Tanner, what are your thoughts there, man? You like the running back to you got now?
2: Yeah, I love it. I, I thought Michael Carter last year, every time he touched the ball, he'd get an extra three or four yeah. yards. Our line was really bad and banged up. So he really only got three or four yards a carry. But he doesn't have the home run hitting speed that Brees Hall does. Um, and he was in a, a backfield committee at North Carolina with Javante Williams. He was never the number one there either. Right. I think this fits him very well. And I think it fits Brees Hall very well, too. I think, you know, they they always talk about it, getting home run hitters. And Brees Hall is a home run hitter. So I'm totally fine with that pick. And I think it'll help Michael Carter more than it'll hurt him. Because I don't think he's actually can carry the ball 20 times a game. Right.
0: Right, got you. Jaden and Mitch, you guys kind of fucking with that mindset. You guys think it'll be a solid running back by committee, or one guy overtakes the other, or you think they'll really complement each other well? What'd you think?
3: I mean, with the LaFleur offensive scheme, they're going to run that Shane Hannon style where they do like a committee there. So having Brees Hall there with Michael Carter does make a lot of sense. I do feel like Brees Hall is going to produce a lot more. So like fantasy purposes, he's definitely your guy. And I feel like Michael Carter is going to kind of fall by the wayside towards the end of the season. Cause those, even though they do usually do a committee there by the end of the season, you start seeing that guy that's getting the bulk of the carries. And I do think that's going to end up being Brees Hall, especially with the assets that they've invested into him.
0: All right. So, um, worst moves overall by the jets. I mean, we haven't really talked a whole ton about the negatives. I mean, they've they had a fucking great offseason you know a lot of it came in the draft and i mean could we is it comfortable to say that they had the best draft or is that overstepping <laughs> i think it's a i'm still
3: with, i'm still opting with baltimore's draft top three at least jets are definitely like top two yeah top two top three for sure um, but
0: any worse moves that pop off the page you guys
1: uh, Morgan Moses definitely hurts because he was cheap to the Ravens. That's the main reason why. And now you have to see if Elijah Vera Tucker can be that right tackle at this point, especially with Makai Becton kind of still looming with those rumors about him maybe not being fully healthy at the moment.
3: I think they're going to end up rocking a yeah, fan
1: so at too. tackle
3: and then keeping mm-hmm. Vera Tucker inside. Yeah, because they – I think they gave him a little bit of money either last offseason or the one before that. And then Kiefer Tucker guard. I was always, like, a big believer that they would take a tackle. Like, I thought they were going to get Evan Neal. I did that in almost every mock draft we did um, just because they had two top-ten picks and they had the ability to do that. But I, I really like the fact that they were able to put a lot of stuff around Zach Wilson. I don't think that I could say that there's anything that I would they did a little bit more. Um like maybe go get an edge guy because like the whole thing is you know Salah loves his edge guys and in San Francisco they've typically neglected corner and they seem to go be going an opposite way here but I mean Sauce Gardner's a fantastic player you get him at number four overall I think that's still on um, Tanner good value.
0: were you like head over heels for Sauce over Derek Singley? I mean yeah he was I know that Derek Singley oh my god before, I, but...
2: man I love Sauce Gardner so much he was. My favorite player in the draft, I, Mitchell and I have talked about this privately. Like, I didn't think that we'd take him. I told Mitchell the week of the draft, I was like, that's who i take. I don't think they're going to do it. But there was a really interesting interview where they asked Robert Sala and they asked uh, Joe Douglas about Kyle Hamilton actually earlier on in the draft process and like, would you take a safety? And they said, we'll take a unicorn at any position. It doesn't matter what position it is. We don't really care about positional value. And that... Stuck with me because everybody's like, Oh, cornerback, like our top beat writer was like, Oh, they don't care about cornerback. It's no way it's gonna be a mile Gardner. He was the unicorn. He's six three, two twenty, runs a four four. I mean, he he didn't allow a touchdown in college. I mean, this kid is legit. He's a legit shutdown corner. And your edges can have another, you know, quarter second to get to the quarterback when that happens. And that makes all the difference. So
0: What do you say to those people <laughs> that are like, Oh shit, you know, I mean he didn't allow any touchdowns in college, but he did play at Cincinnati. Who's he really going up against? What? What's your clap back to that?
2: I mean, he shut down Jamison Williams in the in the uh, what's it called game? Like, just completely took him off the map. He got six. I think he got sixty yards. One of them came on a forty-yard reception where Jamison had to dive for the ball, and a mob was in his pocket. I mean, he's just going to go prove it. He's
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess it's the return of uh, Rebus Island slash Sauce Island. How quick do you think Sauce gets his own, like, hot sauce? Or, like, he's got to put the, is it going to be a hot sauce? Is it going to, like, what kind of, I mean, that's in New York, the marketing capital of the world. I mean, shit, you can make millions of dollars off of your own sauce, man. How quick does that happen? This is the shit we need to talk about.
2: I know. I'm surprised it hasn't happened
1: already. But he had yeah. he
2: had that sick chain. Yeah, Tabasco so. and Frank's that, red, red Hot
1: are on the phone right now. <laughs> I mean Yeah, I'm, no. surprised, I'm surprised that, that didn't
0: happen last year in college with the NIL stuff. I'm sure it did, but at Cincinnati, who hears about NIL deals? No one. Fair so, enough. so yeah. All right. So we've made our uh, made our thoughts on the draft, our worst moves, our best moves. So now let's dive into our overall grades for the New York Jets in the offseason. So, Tanner, go ahead and hand it off to you first, man. What you got? I will give it, I'll give it an,
2: a, an A-, I think. I think we filled a lot of holes. I think we didn't spend unnecessary money. But to Mitchell's point, especially about Morgan Moses, and to Jaden's point, too, he was talking about tackles. If Makai Becton gets hurt again, I think he'll be healthy by the season, but if he gets hurt again, who's gonna play tackle for us? We just didn't feel that need. Um, and losing Jamison Crowder to the Bills just is not good for us, obviously. Like I it wasn't losing him, but it was to the Bills. That's what hurt the most. But great offseason, I think.
3: Filled a bunch of needs,
2: great drafts. So. All right. I'll Tanner. give it an A. Uh,
0: not Tanner. Uh Jaden, what are we rocking with?
3: I think I might be giving it an A. I was gonna go with an A minus, but like the things that I you know would want them to do was go give Jack Wilson playmakers, go give Zach Wilson more protection. They didn't go get a tackle, but like they hit all the other positions on positional value. You go get a corner, you get a wide receiver, you get an edge. They do grab a guard in Lake and Lakin Tomlinson. I mean, you can't ask them to go get a tackle with all that too. Like if they would have gotten thrown armstead, that'd have been fantastic, but can't really, can't really get everything. So, I mean, they pretty much checked all the
1: boxes. I'm, I think I'm going to stick with an A. Sweet. Mitch, what are we feeling? Uh, I'm pretty optimistic. I'm going to give them an A-plus because oh, they shit. got a lot of young, cheap talent. That's <laughs> the thing. You got all those positional players at receiver, now cornerback, now edge rusher. You, the quarterback himself is still in the rookie deal. You can go out and pay money for a tackle – maybe next offseason or something, if it's not panning out with Becton. But you have to build around your quarterback and get those skill positions that are ridiculously expensive and just climbing further and further the receiver position. I think they nailed this offseason. And Morgan Moses hurts a little bit, but looking forward, you're not going to be competing for the Super Bowl this year, I don't think. And you can find your right tackle next year and – for right now, you have Mekhi Beckton, who is a starting left tackle in the league. Yeah, for
0: sure. I mean, I agree with all that. i loved this offseason. I'll go ahead and be a little less drastic. I'll go ahead and say A. I'll be a little, uh, little less excited. But still super happy with the Jets did. I mean, for a team like the Jets with a young quarterback, you can't think – you couldn't dream up of a better offseason. I mean, you surround him with the weapons – um, you already got Corey Davis there. He might return to form this year. But you've got Elijah Moore, and you've got Garrett Wilson now. So, And Garrett Wilson, I mean, he's drawn comps to Julio Jones. Um, he might have been my favorite receiver out of the draft class as a whole. Um, so you give your own quarterback all the weapons, and then you help solidify the offensive line, and then you give him some help on the defensive side of the ball at the number four overall pick with Amon Gardner. I love it, dude. I love it. So, yeah, I'll go ahead and give the Jets an A on their offseason. Sweet. So, that does it for our grades. But now, we got to rattle off our uh, over-under on the win total. And they've si- they are sitting currently at a good old five and a half wins on the line. Which, that's... And I've said it a lot here on this pod. That's pretty fucking dismal, boys. But... Danner I'll hand it off to you, man. What? Uh, How optimistic are you feeling that you get over that five and a half mark?
2: This is where I might differ from a lot of Jets fans. I'm not as optimistic as other people. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I think it's a same chance that we win seven or eight games that we actually only win four. Um, We have a really tough schedule. Before the bye week is an extremely tough game. The games that are the teams that we'd like to play at home, we actually play them away. The really good teams that you'd like to play at home, maybe get a chance to steal one when they're on the way. We play them on the road. So I think we I think we win six games. I think six games is six or seven. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if we're drafting top five again next year. And I wouldn't say that it's a failure as long as we're competitive against all these teams. If we stay healthy and we're competitive, that's all I care about. I, if we can play into the fourth quarter, there's so many games. I mean, I've watched so many games now that it's like halftime, we're down by 20 points. So if we can be competitive to the fourth quarter, and we were a lot of the times at the end of the last season when Zach Wilson came back healthy, if we can do that. I think we, I think it's a successful season no matter the wins. And then next year, if we don't make the playoffs, then it's a problem. But I, I'm, I'm going to say six wins. I say we yeah, go six, six and, what is it, 11 six now? And six 11. and 10. Yeah, I don't I mean, even, 10. even know what it is. Six, six and 11. 11.
0: Yeah. Okay. I feel you. I feel you. I mean, in that division, yeah, our, I mean, six you can 11. probably put together what? Like, there's probably, what, two divisions that are better than this one? And that's about it. I think that's it. And then yeah. you've got really? I
2: think I disagree with you on that as really? well. Okay. I don't so think our who, division what divisions like, are you yeah.
0: putting above
2: I think the AFC North is better. I think the um, the AFC West obviously is better. I think we're probably I would say that we're on par with maybe the NFC South. I don't think the Dolphins are very good, and I don't think the Patriots are very good. But that's just my personal opinion. I don't like Tua. I don't think he's a good quarterback. And I don't think that bringing in Tyreek Hill makes him any better because he doesn't fit Tyreek Hill. I I always thought that if Tyreek Hill came to us, it would have made us a playoff contender because Zach Wilson can throw the ball 70 yards down the field. He's very similar to Patrick Mahomes in those ways. Tua tiger Valoa cannot do that. He is not that type of quarterback. I just don't think he makes them that much better. Um, but that's just, I mean, I've been wrong. I, obviously, the Bills, I think, are the best team in the NFL. They had a couple holes. They filled them with elite players. They're they are going to cakewalk the division. But I, I see our division more similar to, like, the NFC North, where it's, like, the Packers and the other three teams. And maybe one of the other three teams sneaks into the playoffs because they play bad teams a lot, like the Bears or the Vikings have. Over the three
0: division, but now, like, I mean, there's all this hype over the Pats, what they did last season, and obviously the Dolphins, there's all this hype. And the Bills are the favorite to win the Super Bowl right now. So, I don't know, man. I'm still sticking with my opinion. I don't know. I think they're far away from that North. That's just disrespectful. It's Aaron Rodgers and everybody else. Um, But then, like, you got, like, the NFC North, or the (laughs) NFC, not the NFC North, the NFC West, and then um, the other two divisions that you mentioned. Um, I would probably put three ahead of them, I guess, because... At AFC, um, AFC North
1: disappears. So, but uh, NFC West is probably better. You think? I
2: think NFC so West, yeah. I think NFC the East NFC might West be better. Is, I think
3: the, the Eagles and Cowboys. Seattle, who like they just might be the worst in the NFL next year.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah,
3: but then, then you're you kind of dragging it down a little.
1: Bit. And everybody else.
0: I don't. know. Yeah, dude. I I saw a talk today, and we'll talk about it when we get to the 49ers talk in a couple weeks or whatever the fuck, but. Heard some people today talking up uh, Trey Lance, Josh Allen type MVP talks like he's going to play like Josh Allen Jesus this year question. because apparently Trey Lance had a broken finger last year and it was like inhibiting. Uh, yeah, Inhibiting his ability, but he, so naturally, he's going to be like the second best quarterback in the NFL. This year. Rumor has it. Rumor has it, man. <laughs> but oh Tanner, uh before we uh ask for or get into our other over unders, I wanted to ask you, man, what do you think of uh Zach Wilson going into this year? Do you think he's gonna take that yeah. big next step? Because 'Cause we've heard Tony Romo talking a lot of shit about that. I think yeah.
2: I think he does. I I think he takes a massive jump this year. Every beat writer has said he's bigger, he's stronger, he's quicker. And he's quicker mentally. That was the thing last year that he struggled with. It was clear he has the talent to extend the play after it's three seconds. He's got the Patrick Mahomes in him. He's got the Josh Allen in him where you saw it in the Tennessee game. The only time we scored a touchdown is if he had to scramble out of the pocket. He was awful reading and going through his first, second, third progressions. He's much better this year from what I understand. So everyone's hyping him up, but... I feel like they always hype the Jets up just so we can fall on our face every single season. I feel like like last off season they were hyping us up and I'm like we're not that good. We're not a good team, you know? But yeah. I don't know. Oh, one more thing I want to talk about. We haven't talked about big key addition this year. We got him last year, mm. didn't play a Carl Lawson breakout season. 10 12 sacks this year. With Jermaine Johnson on the other side, that guy, Carl Lawson is a monster. He was a superstar in camp last year until he tore his Achilles. And every Jet beat writer and every Jet fan knew when he tore his Achilles, our season was over. Because that guy, every single day, get 10, 12 tweets, Carl Lawson just made an insane play. Carl Lawson this, Carl Lawson that. He's going to have a breakout year this year. If he stays healthy. Fuck yeah, but man. I think he's going to have the, an insane the year. Optimism.
0: Uh, Mitchell? <laughs> I'll go ahead and toss it to you, man. What you got for, uh, you going
1: over, under, five and a half wins. Their schedule is pretty rough, but I feel like you can at least split with the Pats, split with the Dolphins. Then you have the Lions, you have the Jags, Vikings, who knows who shows up that week. I mean, it's not Mike Zimmer coaching anymore, so they might not blow these games that are supposed to be easy for them. And the Bears are on there as well, so I think they can find a way to sneak out six wins because they may catch one of these teams with a lot of injuries that are one of the higher-touted teams in those first nine weeks. That's pretty much a gauntlet for them. They'll be happy to leave with three wins out of there, but that second half of the season after the bye week, they should be above 500 because it is not hard for them. Okay, good shit. Good shit, Jaden.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with Mitchell there. It's gonna be rough for that. Obviously, like we've talked about those first nine weeks are absolutely brutal. Like it would not surprise me if they walked to the bye week at 0 and 9. Like it really wouldn't. That is a freaking gauntlet to start. Um but you do have a very, very nice second half. You get Chicago, you get Detroit, Jacksonville, Seattle. Those should be four wins. Um but I think ultimately the goal of the season is just you got to find out 100% if Zach Wilson's the guy. I think everybody in the organization right now is fairly sure of it. I think a lot of people are, but you have to know because this is a loaded quarterback class that we're supposed to walk into. And if we start seeing like the same like mental mistakes and just him not developing as much, especially with all you've done to surround him with talent, you had Garrett Wilson, you know, you have a very – you know, a good young offensive line, you got to know Zach Wilson's the guy. I think he's much further along than like a Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields right now. And they have way more questions around them and with themselves, but you got to know if Zach Wilson's the guy by the end of this season. But to answer your question, <laughs> I do think they will be over five and a half wins, but not by a whole lot.
0: Yeah. I mean, I got to go five and a half wins over five and a half wins. Um, like you said, gauntlet up a schedule first half, but got a nice second half schedule and I really I'm buying into the Jets this year I mean it does look a lot I mean it looks better than the Bengals right and not saying that the Bengals are like oh any team that looks like the Bengals gonna make the fucking Super Bowl because that is not the case but I think it is starting to look a little bit like the Bengals blueprint but better because you brought in a little help on that line and that line is already 20 times better than Cincinnati's was last year. So, and then you've got Zach Wilson, who better corners, right? Better corners, and you could put Zach Wilson could put up the numbers that, that Joe Burrow did last year. I mean, it's possible for sure. So, yeah, I love the Jets this year. I'll go over. I'll go over on um, five and a half wins. And I would put the projected. I'll put the projected at eight, and that would mean they're eight and nine. So, yeah, I'll go ahead and eight. Wow. I know, man. I
2: know. I mean, i I would take. I'd be so happy with eight <laughs> wins. You don't even understand. But I will say, if we went one in sixteen and beat the Ravens week <laughs> one, I might be happier than being eight I you, Just I saying. I would love to beat the Ravens. Nothing more would make. I mean, that's my Super Bowl. Is the Baltimore Ravens week one. It's a shame it comes week one. I mean, but shit. Man. Week one for a Could lot you of imagine? Seasons, it's
0: fucking the Super Bowl. Might as well be because you get to see all your new players and new threads and then like and then the real problems start with the season. So that one. Especially as a fucking commander. The, Ra- the
3: Ravens are my Super Bowl every yeah. year.
2: So <laughs> right? I, yeah, Jaden yeah. and I same boat. Get a couple wins against the Ravens, and sure. we're just we're sure. happy. We got a comment
0: from uh, Red Lightning sixty two right now, and he says J E T S Jets Jets Jets. Fuck yeah, man! We're on the Jets. Yeah, we're on the Jets band. Hey man, right, so thanks, Noah. All right. Well, anything else you want to throw in? Last uh, any gonna... hot takes for this season, Tanner? Throw out a steamy hot take right now. Just man. throw out one that's like. Absolutely outlandish that we could put on this. Just, some, just some fat one. Shit.
2: If we get to the, all right, got you. If we get to the bye week, week ten, and we are three and six, we've run the table, make the playoffs in the wow. wild card game, and make it to the divisional round. But we got to get three wins before the bye week. If we get three wins, we beat three good teams. And that means we got Patriots at Patriots Week 11, Bears, Vikings. Ooh, We're running on the table. Yeah, We're man. beating the Let's Bills, go. too. Fuck the Bills. I like it. I like We're it. We're running the table. It's over. <laughs> it's over. Psych. But, yeah, I think
0: yeah, enough, three wins
2: man. before the bye, we make the playoffs. I see.
0: Well, I think that wraps up our uh, J-E-T-S Jets 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 talk. Uh, Tanner, appreciate you joining us today, bro. Yeah, we got to have you. Yeah, yeah of We got to have you.
2: Thanks for having me. Hopefully my takes come <laughs> true. I don't look like an idiot in a year's time. If I am, we can we laugh about it sure. and uh, go on to next year because this is my Super Bowl, man. My The best part of the Jets season is the offseason because you don't have to oh, lose man. any games. It's just optimism. Know. So,
0: Yeah, of course, boss. We'll catch you All later. Right.
2: Thank you, guys.
0: All right. Now it's just the boys in here. Let's original boys. All right. Now that we got through our... Buddy. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets talk. That was a good time. Uh, Tanner, used to know him back from uh, my serving days at the Bistro. Good shit. So, all right. You know what? I've got to take a mad piss. So I bet you guys lead off the talk on the Buffalo Bills.
1: I'll be back. Okay. All righty. So. That man has no care in the world, I swear. (laughs) So they're all season acquisitions. They drafted running back James Cook. They picked up, as we mentioned in the previous talk, Jamison Crowder to replace Cole Beasley. They got Roger Saffold. They got Vaughn Miller on a massive contract for a man of his age. They drafted Kyere Elam. They lost Brian Dable, who may have been the mastermind behind Josh Allen. They lost Cole Beasley, who pretty much broke even on Jameson Crowder there. They got they lost offensive tackle, Darrell Williams lost defensive end Jerry Hughes, and they also lost cornerback Levi Wallace to your Pittsburgh Steelers, Jaden. So, right off the bat, what's a move you like here? I mean, I know that I might be in
3: the minority here, but, dude, didn't Von Miller? I, listen a lot of he's not going to get paid that money at the end. Like there's absolutely no way he does. He'll, he'll be gone or retired or something else by the time that money starts to roll in. But for right Uh now, I mean, they've been trying to, they've been trying to hit this edge room for the last three or four years now. I think their first round pick for the the last, for the three years leading up to this one was an edge player or defensive lineman rather. And they haven't really been able to get it right from Ed Oliver to AJ Espinosa Gregory Rousseau you really haven't been able to get that guy but you've got a guy in Von Miller and you know you do as long as he stays healthy I know he's kind of leaning towards twilight of his career but he's you know he he's still gonna be one of the top edge players I mean you saw it last year once he got healthy in LA he was giving you almost a sack of, I'm pretty sure he gave you a sack of game in the playoffs so I, I think that's huge um, I do like the Kyrie selection a good bit I liked him um, he was my CB4 I think there was pretty clear tier of Sauce and Stingley, then McDuffie, then everybody else. But I did like Elam a lot. I think he's going to be good for them on the outside. This was something that I talked about 150 times in the season of when Tredavious White got hurt, how thin that cornerback room is. And when you lost Levi Wallace, you kind of had a feeling that this was what it had to be. And then also getting James Cook. I like that a lot. Um, Brees Hall was getting talked about a lot for them because they were like one of the only teams that's like, okay, you could take a running back and it not – you know, you don't be shooting yourself in the foot. But they wait, and they get James Cook, who is um, – Sam Monson of PFF says this a lot. He's 80% of Dalvin Cook, and, you know, that's, that's the best running back in most drafts. So, hopefully they get 80% of Dalvin Cook and James
0: Cook. 80%? Yeah, they've been 80% of Dalvin Cook.
3: Which feels hot.
0: That I know, brothers, which feels He's hot. not Dalvin Cook. He's not even close to Dalvin. He's a completely different player. He's 80%. He's an NFL
1: player. That's all you need to be. I <laughs> now guess. Cook, what? Top 10 guaranteed? Top 5? Maybe running James back? James Cook might as well be a wide receiver. receiver. you got to start James him. Cook might as well be a wide receiver.
0: I don't know. if. So, did you guys list off all the... Obviously, we have the fucking graphic up there. Yeah, we listed them yeah. all. Um, but... I do yeah, think go ahead.
1: that Von Miller pickup is pretty big because they have been searching for that elite pass rusher, and they just have been slightly off. They've been drafting solid guys, just not getting them over the hump. But I really like the James Cook pickup. I know Kane just said he's more of a receiving back, but what do they do all the time? They pass. And Singletary and Moss leave you wanting more when you watch them as receiving backs. Awesome. He's not the greatest. He didn't really get the opportunity for all the hands at Georgia because they were running such a heavy committee. He was mostly pass-down situations. He could be a great runner up the middle if they need him, but they're likely going to be using him on third down, more receiving situations where they can use him. And it just opens up the field a little more for everybody else because nobody in their right mind was treating Devin Singletary or Zach Moss like a true receiving threat out of the backfield. I will say that you said great in between the
0: tackles. That's just not going to happen. Um, Zamir White was the – I mean, he was the only one. I said he could be. He could be. I mean, he didn't get a lot of – It wasn't like the, D, the Georgia defense, you know. It was Zamir White and it was James Cook and then – I believe there was one other, but Zamir White was the main in between the tackles guy, and James Cook was the receiving guy. It's not like he was buried in some super fucking deep backfield. No, he's just he was the receiving back because he can't run between the tackles very well. So I, I'm a fan of the James Cook signing just because. But doesn't sound. Bad. I I'm a fan. It really doesn't. I'm a fan, but <laughs> I'm I am i am cautiously optimistic because. We've seen what Devin Singletary and Zach Moss and Zach Moss was, I believe he was second round pick when he was drafted, and Devin Singletary, I believe, was also a pretty fairly high draft pick. So I think that, I feel like Devin Singletary was a first round pick for some reason. Yeah, let me. I'll, I don't know. Yeah, why. Let me look it up. I, I, I got it. I'm
3: looking up Zach okay. Moss right now, but you can go keep ahead. Talking.
0: But yeah, I mean, you sw- swung and missed on those two receiving backs. So. I don't see the difference between a James Cook and guys like Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. It feels like you're just about to make the same mistake well, but, okay. for a third time.
3: Both, got, both guys were third-round picks. So James Cook, prospect-wise, was better than both of them, or is better than both of them. Um, honestly, man, I, I like it. Because you don't, you don't have a receiving threat with Devin Singletary. Um, he's, he's just not that guy. Um. I don't, I don't think he'll ever become that guy. And you don't have that with Zach Moss either. Zach Moss, 51.7 receiving grade. Um, Devin Singletary, 39. So James Cook's going to come in and be your um, immediate best receiving back. And quite honestly, Josh Allen is your between-the-tackles <laughs> running back. So you, you don't need that. But getting a guy that can catch balls out of the backfield like that and kind of like what – maybe like what we were talking about last, this time last year with Travis Etienne where he plays a little slot receiver, that could be – that could be very interesting for James Cook as a player, James Cook's fantasy production, because somebody's gonna get kicked out of this room. It's it's either gonna be Zach Moss or Devin Singletary. I don't know who it is gonna be yet. It felt like that all year last year, especially for fantasy, was like it's Russian roulette. You could get both of you could get one of them, you get neither of them, you get both of them in any given week. But somebody's gonna have to fall out here. And quite honestly, I think it's gonna end up being Devin Singletary. He's mm. just he, he had a chance to be the guy for a while, and then Zach Moss, he gave the chance to Zach Moss by Zach Moss never becoming so that, better. and now to James Cook.
0: He looked so much better. But, uh, uh, but uh, Tanner actually agrees with you. He says Devin Singletary is gone, out of there. Uh, Mitchell, yeah. so I guess, you're, I guess you're a fan of the James Cook, the James Cook side. I, I was explaining to Jaden how I just He's feel like family. it's the same – because you drafted Zach Moss and Deviled Singletary in the third rounds as receiving backs, and then you're just adding another oh, they're, receiving they're back.
3: they're between the tackles, guys, man. They're, they are not receiving backs. Like I said, both had terrible EFF grades. But them. they aren't
0: between the tackles, guys, by any means.
3: I mean, Zach, Zach Moss, Moss 76, more. rushing grade. Singletary was 76, too. Or no. I mean, still. yeah. There's a re. There's a reason why they're still starting, and it's not because they're receiving I feel you.
0: I feel you. All right. Um, I also wanted to – I know I heard you guys talking about the Von Miller signing. Not a fan, man. I am not a fan. And it's because you signed to a six-year, $120 million contract where he is playing through his age 38 season, man. Age 38. He'll be 39 when he hits the market. And I know it's Von Miller, but this is not the Von Miller – of old, this is not prime Denver Von Miller by any means. Like he took a while to get adjusted in um, in L. A., you know, and he wasn't hurt. he wasn't productive. It created mid season. Yeah, I know, I know, but yeah, I feel like a effective prime Von Miller would have just stepped in and done fantastic. And also,
3: well, yeah, I mean, he's he's not prime no. Von Miller anymore. I mean, nobody at that age is going to be, but had an 88.7 PFF grade last year. And I, you know, maybe limited snaps. You're playing next to Aaron Donald. A lot of those things so matter. He puts that but up through. You missed it.
0: Until during... he's 38 years old.
3: No, you but need to. during your little There's bathroom championship
1: break, window we were that's what they're doing. Yeah.
3: That he will not finish that contract. I can promise you the NFL. It's not guaranteed money. He will be cut probably when he's 35. So all of that is unreal money. And he's going to give them, you know, a legitimate number one edge that they've been looking for for the last three years or, you know, hell, the last five, six, seven years. I mean, Jerry Hughes is a fine player, but he's, he's never going to be a number one edge. And even he's gone now. So you needed a Von Miller to come in. I mean, he was the best edge available. I, I, it's got to be. Yeah. A was I don't he know the how it isn't, especially with though?
0: state of the Was he right? the best edge available, though? Because a guy like Chandler Jones. Huh? He signed a three-year, 51... Who is just as old. Yeah, okay, but he signed a three-year, $51 million contract. Three-year, $51 million contract. So if you multiply that by two, which would be Von Miller's deal, that's less than Von Miller's contract. And I... Again, Anybody Von Miller's going
3: existed. to play uh, probably the same amount as Chandler Jones. And Chandler Jones had five sacks in week one and finished with ten and a half sacks.
0: I'm just get. I'm throwing out I the, the out contracts other contracts one. that Edge rushers similar to Von Miller Production, got. And Chandler Jones is one of those guys. And Randy Gregory is another one. Five years, $70 million. And Von Miller's getting six years, $120 million. Like, I get it. Randy Gregory has his off-the-field concerns. And you're not sure if he's going to play every game. But, like, come on. Like, how far off is Randy Gregory from a guy like Von Miller, who's in the later part of his career?
1: Pretty far, in my opinion. Mm, I'm not big on Gregory. But to make that much of a jump, to make a... He's consistent game in and game out as opposed to Gregory. Gregory just flashes it. Same thing with Chandler Jones. Not to mention. Chandler Jones is spottier than a Dalmatian. He rarely shows up. He had five and a half sacks. And hardly match
0: that the rest of the year. Jaden, what were you going to say? <laughs> Spottier than a <laughs>
3: <laughs> Um. But not only are you bringing in, you know, a very talented Von Miller as a player, you're also bringing in somebody who can help move along these first round picks that you've invested in your Gregory Rousseau's, your AJ Espinosa's to, you know, maybe improve their game as well and give you production past Von Miller um, when he's gone, but I'm like you keep bringing up challenge man, Von Miller is not gonna. He's not going to finish that deal. It's like a four year eighty, maybe like even a three year sixty, and with the way the money spread up, it's probably even less than that. But it's all backloaded, and he's probably not going to get to the back end unless we like you know see some career. You know, he he plays at top level until he's 38. Which, if he does, then great. And you've you know you're going to get the value out of this deal because. You know, with the way the contracts are moving now, I mean, you see it with quarterbacks. You're starting to see it with wide receivers. It's only a matter of time before it gets to these top edge guys. Um, $20 million a year for, like, an above average 37-year-old Von Miller might be a good contract in five years. Like, getting T.J. Watt for 28 mil a year, you know, at the end of that deal, it's going to be fantastic. But... You know, obviously, who knows on that? But right now, when you're trying to win a ring, like Buffalo is, I think Von Miller, I mean, I think that's
0: a great signing. Uh, Taylor hops into the comments section, uh, and he said his deal is essentially a three-year, $52.5 $52. Mm-hmm. 52 million dollar deal. That's in Von Miller. But the exact same as Chandler. Yeah, $1.5 million dollars more, actually, for the record.
1: Well, he's um, better.
0: He's all better that money
1: in the so. back half is imaginary. <laughs> Damn yeah.
0: It's some hell money. Tanner says if they win a ring, it's worth 120. Okay. Fair. All right. Uh, draft thoughts. I heard you mention uh, Kyer Elam. Uh, I am also a huge fan of that signing, um, or not signing that draft, um, that, d- that drafting, I guess you could say. But um, mostly because he, it came out afterwards that he brought into each team meeting a personal scouting report in a notebook of the best wide receivers that he faced in college. And that was the SEC. So the best of the best. And then he was drafted, and the Colts were really impressed by that. Or not the Colts. Um, the Bills were really impressed by that. And they drafted him, obviously. And then he's on the phone. He's like, hey, put – like, he's, like, crying. He's like, hey, put the playbook on the plane. Like, that's some goat shit right there, dude. Like, I – What if – What if they just drafted him to get the scouting report on the receivers?
1: Even better because they already have chestnut checkers. Chestnut checkers. checkers.
0: (laughs) Fair. Fair. But yeah. All right, boys. Let's dive into our uh, overall grade for the Buffalo Bills offseason. And Jaden, I'll go ahead and start with you, boss.
3: You know, I think I'm going to go with a B-plus here because, um, I, like, I, like I've talked about, I did like uh, getting Von Miller. I like them adding Roger Saffold as well. I didn't, for the life of me, understand why they cut Daryl Williams. He wasn't making a shit ton of money. He was a starting-level tackle, and they didn't bring in a replacement for him. So, like, it, it just felt like they cut him without a plan to replace him. Uh, as far as the draft goes, we talked about Elon. We talked about James Cook. I think Khalil Shakir could be something here. Um, You get Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Jameson Crowder, and then Khalil Shakir, he's a guy who, like, one of the things around him is he's a lot faster with the ball in his hands. And if you can get a guy like that working that short game, because you don't have any elite speed on this roster, really. So, yeah, Khalil, I mean, if you want to count Isaiah McKenzie, I guess. But um, also, I don't know why, but I kind of like the fact that they went out and got a punter in the sixth round. They went and got the punt god. You get Tyler Bass, who they drafted, what was it, last year or two years ago? Um, And he's been very, yeah, he's been pretty good. you go get the punt guide, you're, like, building, like, a Ravens-level Justin Tucker, Sam Cook, if they both pan out. And you've got, that's just, like, it's a little thing, and, like, everybody shits on it, because, like, why are you drafting a punter? But... Just a sixth-round pick. Who really gives a shit? And you might get, like, elite special teams play for, like, and the next And playing in years. Buffalo,
0: so, special teams are pretty fucking important.
3: Yeah. That shit matters, man. So. Like So When you have a good one and the other team probably doesn't because it is Buffalo. I mean, hell, they played with, what, 40-mile-an-hour wins right. last year. Shit matters. Of course, Tyler Bass did not play well in that game. But we're not going <laughs> to talk about that. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm going to stick it a B plus. Because that offensive line still worries me just a little bit.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Mitchell, what you got, bro?
1: I'm going to go with a just a solid B. I like what they did here. I really like James Cook. I really like the pickup of Von Miller, not just as the player, but as the mentor, like Jaden had mentioned. But at the same time, uh, Kyrie Elam's solid. He, can, he has the upside of being a lockdown corner, but He's mostly been shown to be good on, like, go routes. He's not better on the shiftier stuff. And it kind of worries me that they lost Levi Wallace as well. And Trey White's coming off an ACL tear. Your safeties are getting older. It was an attempt to revamp it. I just don't know if it'll work in the secondary. And loss of a left or a starting caliber offensive tackle, as Jaden said. I liked what they did. It just wasn't quite enough. To put me at the B plus range that Jaden had him at. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, I kind of agree with
0: you. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and give them a. Go ahead and give them a B minus. Um, the departure of Cole Beasley obviously sucks. I felt like he had a lot of connection with um, Josh Allen. He did have a lot of connection with Josh Allen. Uh, James Crowder, prob- maybe probably a better football player than Cole Beasley, but the chemistry between Allen and easily something that can't be discounted um also brian dable headed out of town uh josh allen's guy guy who basically built him up to what he is obviously josh allen has some gifts of his own but dable a huge part of his success he's out of town so i think that's gonna kind of suck um and like you bring in von miller but that defensive line still sucks um, if you guys that you drafted hoping that w- they would make a big impact like Rousseau and Ed Oliver uh, with Von Miller now in the building, hopefully they take some uh, some notes from him and step it up. But still have concerns on that defensive line. They sucked against the run last year. Uh, they did bring in Tim Settle, which I liked. He's kind of buried on the depth. I yeah. like um, yeah. He's kind of buried on the depth chart in Washington because we had so many solid defensive tackles, but Tim Settle, they got him on a two-year, nine million dollar deal. So you line him up next to Ed Oliver as your starting defensive tackle. Um, it's improvement, but definitely would have liked to see. So I'll go ahead and give do... him. All right.
3: Go one ahead. last one last note on Buffalo. We're gonna go our over under window. Strengthened. And... So if
0: you want to say your piece and then give oh, your okay. over under the window. I'll
3: just I'll just hit this on the off season, just to bolster my argument mm-hmm. a little bit. If you lose in the divisional round, and then come May, you're the Super Bowl favorite. You had to do something. Right. You had to have a pretty good
1: offseason. The so, I Chiefs mean, lost a ton of people. Yeah, The Chiefs did lose a
3: ton of people, but there are you know, 30 other NFL teams that could have taken that spot. Are you asking me who's the
0: favorite so, in the Super Bowl right now? I'm, I'm picking the Bills, and it's not really much of a debate. Yeah, That's a different argument,
1: I'm though. That's a different
0: argument. Ew, what am I giving this sole offseason? D-minus. Yeah. Alright, fair enough. Alright, with that, let's, uh, let's roll into our over-unders on the win total. Uh, New York Post has it set at 11 and a half wins, which is definitely hefty, but this team has high expectations, man. So, Mitchell, I'll hand it off to you first, boss. What you got?
1: They have a pretty rough schedule. They're lucky that their division is They're clearly better than the other teams, and then that play the NFC North because the Packers will be the only truly rough game there. I mean, the Vikings can surprise occasionally. But looking through their schedule, I think they managed to get above that 11.5. You have a couple of really hard games. Like they have the Packers. They have the Rams week one right out of the gates. They're firing. Titans probably aren't going to be the same. A lot of the notable game, the Chiefs, they're going to play them every year pretty much there there's not a chance the nfl is going to let that pass as a prime time opportunity but i think they should be able to manage they'll at least win a majority or if not split those big prime time games like the rams and packers and then the division's pretty much a clean sweep for them so that's about six wins they should have under their belt just going into those other games sweet all right uh Tanner comments in once again. He
0: says 13-4, and four, two losses to the JETS Jets, obviously. Fair enough. Uh, Jaden, what you got on your uh, over-under
3: 11.5? I don't know why, but, like, I mean, for the Super Bowl favorite, 11.5 in a year where we have an extra game feels low. Like, I feel like that's a low bar to clear for a team because if they're the Super Bowl favorite, that's probably the highest win total, if not, you know, second highest. 11.5 seems kind of low. So I'm going to take the over. And like, I did rip and rave about this offseason. I have like some weird feeling about Buffalo this year that they're going to like miss the playoffs Ooh. on some weird shit. Or like, yeah. I, I don't know. I just got like this, like, maybe not, not, not even like a Josh Allen like, ACL tear in like week two, but like, there was a point last season where they were like three and four. Like, one, once they got and they were like dueling with Kansas City, it kind of, got swept under the rug, man, but they lost nine to six to Jacksonville. And it felt like they couldn't do anything right for like the entire first half of the season. Then they got hot, got it rolling and everybody forgot about it, but you can't do that every year. And just like, okay, week eight, let's wake up and let's, you know, catch fire and run into the playoffs. Well, the Pats would do that. <sighs> I don't, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's not like their schedule, like severely conflicts with them doing that because they do have a, pretty tough start like their first seven games are against teams that except for Miami and Baltimore but they probably should have been a playoff team last year if they were healthy all teams in the playoffs and then they get a cool down towards second half of the season kind of like the jets do so i'm going to go over but just don't be surprised if like some weird fluke shit happens with buffalo and they kind of disappoint
0: well i think the weird fluke shit that would happen is brian Dayball's offense not being there anymore. You know? And I feel like that might play a significant role. Obviously, Dayball probably set it up to have a decent mind at the... Who's playing O.C. over there now? You know? But uh, he set it up pretty nice. I'm sure Dayball handed I, off the lessons to him. Um, but I think if Kendorsi. Kendorsi, yep. um, But if some fluky shit were to happen, I feel like it would be something around maybe the offense should not looking. Um also something we forgot to mention about the off season, uh, Stephon Diggs re-signing the contract. I mean, that's huge, giving him oh, a yeah. huge deal. Signing up your number one wide receiver and you already got Josh Allen locked up, so you got the QB one and wide receiver one locked up for a significant amount of time. So that's a huge win. Honestly, yeah. that might bump now in an off season. Yeah,
3: yeah. In an off season where all of his peers are, you know, hell moving into your division. And your brother plays in Dallas, and they kind of had a need receiver for a minute, which I'm sure scared the piss out of a lot of Bills fans. Um, I, I think that was huge to get him on that kind of deal for you know that longevity. You know, like I was saying earlier, the market's going to keep going up, and by the end of that deal, it's going to look like a bargain, yeah.
0: And obviously, huge, like you said, huge offseason for wide receivers. So being able to keep a guy like Stefan Diggs in the org, huge. Um, so, yeah, honestly, that might bump up my grade a little bit. I might, might go to B-plus now. You am know, B-plus.
1: No. I'm staying where I'm at. I'm not that – I think Diggs was made mostly because of Allen into the elite guy. He was great in Minnesota, but That's a I think it's take. just Allen.
0: That's a hot take. Stephon Diggs, not a top wide receiver in the NFL.
1: Well, when he has the quarterback, yeah. Fair enough. Where is Stephon Diggs for yeah. you then? As far as a purely True talent. Talent? Like, yeah. Um, receivers, I'd take over him. Definitely Tyree. Definitely Devontae. You say Cooper Cup. Jeff, Jefferson, that's awesome. Jamar Chase. Um, I'm I think. Cooper, Cooper Cup. Fantasy what? Not even fantasy what? Just in general. Now that's the conversation. Cooper Cup. Cooper. I'd take Cooper Cup over him. Okay. I mean, Jared Goff of letting It's hard to it. argue
0: with that after the Super Cup season big last on year. Debo, so I
1: won't say Debo. I was about to say now we're
3: working to like the Keenan DK tier of player. Right.
0: I definitely okay. like him better than DK. He's
1: top ten, I'll say five that. Sevens. I just don't think he's top five. When you give him the quarterback, he's probably number five though.
3: Fair enough. I was I was really hoping you. Say some shit that I could put on a quote graphic, but
1: you
3: know <laughs> <laughs> some hot
0: take shit. Alright.
1: Cortland Sutton's better than Stefan Day. Hey,
0: there we go. Not
1: really. Uh, we gotta <laughs> get uh, we gotta him.
0: get Tanner's quote up there. Um that his that notoriously hot take or whatever about but anyway, we'll figure it out. Alright, uh for win totals, yeah, I'll go ahead and go over eleven and a half. Um can't say anything else that you guys have already said. A uh, huge fan of the Bills. Obviously, they're Super Bowl favorites right now. Um, yeah, I'm rocking Josh Allen MVP campaign. Probably. I mean, to me, Josh Allen's probably my favorite for MVP. I don't know about you guys. Does he have the narrative though? That's the question. Losing like the, and we've got Patrick got of time Mahomes from the in there. the AFC Championship in overtime due to some BS overtime rules? What do you mean, does he have the narrative? It wasn't the AFC Yeah, PNH. but that's not like... So, yeah,
3: okay, so Brady Brady will always have the... For, until he's retired, he will have a narrative because he's old. Aaron Rodgers had it last year with, you know, the whole COVID thing and how he missed time and then the contract. Now Rodgers got his contract. I don't really know if he's going to have that much of a narrative anymore. Stafford had it for a while last year because of where he was in Detroit and then he moves. I don't even know. Like, I've, I, it's got to be Mahomes. Like, if you're picking a narrative MVP on May 26th, it's got to be Mahomes. Yeah, like, you if you lose Tyreek Ty Hill, Hill, you're running in with this. Sh- yeah. So, your narrative, your narrative MVP is Patrick Mahomes as of right now.
1: How Three months. Know, well, Aaron Rodgers, no Devontae. Nobody wants Aaron yeah, Rodgers for like, MVP. I don't know.
3: <laughs> the thing is, Mahomes has never not had Tyreek. So, like, you know, there could, I guarantee you, let him have like a three interception game in week one, and it's going to, the fucking floodgates are going to break, and it's going to be, oh my God, Tyreek made him, and all this other stuff. Also, Kelsey, well, never mind. We have an AFC West episode coming out next week for this exactly. exact conversation. All
0: right. With that, let's move on from the Bills talk, and let's dive into one of the busiest teams in the offseason, and that is the. Miami Dolphins. So, on their addition side, uh, they sign Mike—or not sign—they hire Mike McDaniel from offensive coordinator out of San Fran to replace head coach Brian Flores after they fired him. Um, also, on the addition side, they bring in Raheem Mostert, used to be a baller in San Fran, kind of been struggling with injuries um, since the Super Bowl run, but still a solid piece. And then, obviously, the biggest one. Tyreek Hill coming down to Miami, signing one of the largest wide receiver contracts in NFL history. He's going to be a dog. And then you got uh, Teron Armstead. And that kind of started off the whole Miami renaissance this offseason. They signed Teron Armstead and everybody was like, oh shit, Miami's actually serious. Um, And then they also bring in defensive end Melvin Ingram. Um, And on the departure side, Brian Flores, as I said. And... Probably the biggest departure in the history of the NFL as a sport. Um Philip Lindsay is unfortunately leaving the Miami Dolphins. So we wish I was on the tech we wish friend of the podcast <laughs> Philip Lindsay yeah. uh, the best of luck in his future career endeavors. So um.
1: wherever he rolls out of bed and gets his <laughs> next thousand
0: yards. Okay, man. Okay. Pump the brakes, boss. Which why? And
3: and this, this, (laughs) we will have this conversation because Philip Lindsay is an Indianapolis Colt. and the perceived one hundred and one for fantasy football this year is Mr. Jonathan Taylor. Does Philip Lindsay take his job? I
0: mean, you're debating that. Not take away carries, and Jonathan Taylor is then out of the NFL because. Philip Lindsay's Taylor, Jonathan
1: Taylor's family will go hungry because <laughs> of Philip Lindsay taking the shot.
0: That's the truth. No. JT's gonna get overworked and then Philip like, oh, Lindsay's gonna run the fucking tape. So. All right. Also on the departure side, Will Fuller, um, who has yet to sign somewhere. He's probably the besides OBJ, probably the biggest name left on the wide receiver market, and, right? Yeah. Yeah, cool, yeah right. but yeah,
3: pretty much. I would say he's the one with the, I mean, you can't even say he's got the least concerns because he starts every year with a damn injury. <laughs> Unless so, he's like, on to It's be just hurt. not a torn ACL or, yeah.
0: yeah. All right, let's dive into our favorite moves, our worst moves, initial thoughts. Um, what are we thinking, boys? Jaden, I'll hand it off to you first, my man. I mean, it's, it's tired to kill.
3: 'Cause I know Tanner talked to it like talked about it a little bit, like how Tua can't really unlock him. I don't think that he'll unlock him in the same way that Patrick Mahomes cut does, obviously. But Tyree Kill could be a very, 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 very good gadget player. And I know that like taking arguably the best receiver in the NFL and putting him in a gadget role sounds dumb. But if you use Tyree Kill like Debo. He's gonna win you football games, especially when you have a Jalen Waddle there that can be a real receiver. And like, listen, man, I'm not, I'm not a Tua person, but uh, Tua non, that little scary ass Twitter page is like kind of <laughs> scaring me into it. So, I mean, there's got to be something going on. Like he was, you know, a top recruit. He did start for Alabama. He Kyrie was Hill the fourth overall pick. Him up
0: I don't at like a to. practice interview today. Tyreek Hill.
3: Said that he has had one of the prettiest balls that balls, that he's ever seen, um, which he has played for Patrick Mahomes, South Alabama, and Juno, so Oklahoma State. I feel Don't like, forget. Oh yeah, Oklahoma State. Sorry. Um, so if Tua isn't second on that list, I'm really worried about the Dolphins this year. But I, I, I still think Mike McDaniel is going to be able to find ways to unlock him. I also like them just loading up that running back room, um, going to get Mostert. I didn't, wasn't able to fit Chase Edmonds in this graphic, but since I couldn't find a good jersey swap for him, uh, he didn't make it. But he very well might be the starter, especially with Mostert coming off the ATL tear. You also get Sonny Michelle. Don't really know how much he's going to give you, but as a third running back, I'm cool with it. And that probably means Miles Gaskin's going to get, like, traded somewhere for a sixth. I would love to see Pittsburgh bring him in because we still desperately need to back up behind Najee. I mean, who the hell else is going to really want Gaskin's services? And then
0: Savon Savon Ahmed was pretty fucking good Um, for a while there, too.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think you, you'd be comfortable saying we ha- we could get no more value than what we have in Ahmed as a fourth running back. Like, that that is his value. I think Gaskin could be a solid third, if not a, you know, less yes, than stellar yeah, second. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I, I like a lot of what they did this year. Just, I, I think this is very obvious. It all comes down to Tua. Like, if, if Tua takes the next step, you're looking at a playoff team. If he doesn't, this is one of those teams that we're talking about the same way we've talked about Denver, the same way we've talked about Washington for a long time, that they are a quarterback away from being a legit Super Bowl contender. And if I know that it's probably not going to happen now that the whole scheme has come out with Tom Brady, but his contract with Tampa Bay is up next offseason. And Miami does have, you know, a pretty nice situation. Tom for Tom Brady also has a pretty nice opportunity.
0: situation set up with NBC. <laughs>
3: Uh yeah, but I mean it it That's doesn't he never he retires. it doesn't yeah it, it doesn't say that he's done after this year. It says whenever he retires. So maybe if he's like I don't know, if, for whatever reason yeah, I'm he's both. scared of making <laughs> almost forty million dollars a year doing not not killing himself, then he could go to Miami. Um and whatever other like if let's say Kyler comes available, I'm sure you know some would love him. Hell. I mean, Jimmy G's got to go somewhere, right? He, yeah, I'm sure Mike McDaniel Mike is begging
0: for Jimmy G to come back and be his quarterback.
3: Dude, honestly, I wouldn't
0: be so So, my opinion... Go ahead.
3: Because... What-
0: All right. Go ahead. Oh,
1: oh no, you- no. God damn man! You're such a fucking nice fella. So polite yeah, here in the cool. blitz, Taking
0: <laughs> Take a turns and shit. All right. um, But... I've said this. I've made my thoughts clear about Tua in the past. I'm not as much of a hater as everybody else is, but regardless of Tua, like, if he is not the quarterback that will make this team successful, like, you gotta think back to Mike McDaniel's offense last year. Like, that offense did not win or lose solely on the back of Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, A lot of those wins and losses did not depend on the play of Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo had a ton of terrible games, but they still came out with the win. Well,
3: to be fair, those games were decided by the defense more so than like Debo Samuel or whatever else on offense. I
0: mean, you can say that about some games, but I don't think you could say that about all of them.
3: them. No, but... I feel the majority would be attributed to the defense. Like Debo
0: Samuel's great, and like giving him that kind of role. But hell, you don't well know the run guy that game that is really like Tyree Hill They put their hat on in the offense yeah. when Jimmy G was fucking sucking it up. But my point is that a Mike McDaniel offense does not live and die necessarily on the quarterback. <laughs> Obviously, quarterback is the most important position on the field, but. It's a little less important in a Mike McDaniel offense. So that's my opinion. Mitchell,
1: what'd you think? Back on the Tua train, from what I've heard, his hip is finally just now like back to where it was in Alabama before he had the injury. I, it was gruesome what he went through. And just he couldn't plant the same. He didn't have the same zip on the ball when he came out. It was shocking he was still top five pick after that injury, but he did put up the production in college. We might see a different Tua this year if he's actually healthy, and that's why my favorite pickup is Teron Armstead because Tua has been injury-prone outside of that hip injury, and you have to lock down the offensive line, and you get that cornerstone tackle so you can actually start building around him.
0: For sure, for sure. Um, My favorite moves, you mentioned, um, Jaden, you mentioned Chase Edmonds, how it's not on the graphic. I love the Chase Edmonds signing, pairing him with Raheem Mostert and putting together the fastest offense that this league has seen in a while. Um, It's super exciting. And it's run by Mike McDaniel, who put together a very creative offense in San Fran last year that did not depend on the quarterback. And also, Tyreek, I was looking uh, looking up the... Previous um, Tyreek Hill stats in college, and he did run multiple, very many plays at running back at Oklahoma State. So, And Mike McDaniel has already come out and said that he wants to use Tyreek Hill that way, so I think we'll see a very similar Debo-type role for Tyreek Hill. So, I'm excited, and I love that Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert... uh, that offense depends on the running game, and you got those two speedy guys. You'll be able to run them in gadget type plays. I love it. So, yeah. Any uh, any worse moves
1: that we're feeling, boys?
0: I mean, they didn't really.
1: Philip Lindsay being gone, they're basically in tank mode without him. Yeah, I mean,
3: so it's kind of hard to like, pinpoint a worst move because, and obviously, next up would be draft thoughts, but they didn't pick until what the back like the very end of the third round and had four total draft picks. They did get Teron Armstead, but you have now one piece of a good offensive line and you have four pieces of a bad offensive line. So like I know that you want to build this thing and help Tua, but like I mean Connor Williams is cool, but like I feel like the offensive line just wasn't addressed enough. Like you go cash all your chips in for Tyree Kill that's great, and that's what's going to be talked about. But this offensive line is still a question mark. I also am now looking at it, and it was something that I was going to bring up as like one of my favorite things. But now that I'm looking at how much money they gave him, I'm slightly petrified. Emmanuel Agba got a four-year, $65 million deal. And uh, Emmanuel was good, but like that's that's pretty big-time money. Um,
1: Especially when you have-
3: and that kind of ties you down.
1: Especially with Jalen yeah. Phillips and Melvin Ingram there as well.
3: Yeah, and I feel like they've got another guy out there or in their edge room, but regardless, okay. that's that's still a lot of money. Idea. And you you've like you've suddenly built up quite the payroll here in Miami and you still haven't figured quarterback out yet. I mean, you've got Teron Armstead on a big deal. You just gave Tyreek Hill a big deal. Uh, you got Xavier Howard just restructured his deal. Byron Jones, you just signed a couple years ago. Now you bring in uh, or you re-sign Ogball on a big deal. That payroll's running up, and, like, I know you want to do that while Tua's on his rookie deal, but you haven't proven that Tua can be the guy yet. Like, we've praised the Chargers up and down for making this move while Herbert's still on his rookie deal, but he he is the guy, and Tua's, quite honestly, not right now. So I would say was probably my least favorite move, and, I mean, I can't really critique them for not having any draft picks to it.
0: Taylor Gray pops in with a up. comment. Lamar will end up in Miami if Tua shits the bed. We were talking about this yesterday or two days ago. Let's go. Yes. Let's early. go. And then he said Mason Rudolph was quarterback. He had no choice. Um We're talking about the Steelers, but I mean Jimmy G is basically Mason Rudolph. But yeah. I, I get what you're that was the basic point. All right. Mitchell, you got any uh, worse moves that pop off in your head? <sighs>
1: Not really. I'm, it hurts to give up that many picks for Tyreek Hill
0: because uh,
1: you can find a quality player in one of those yeah, picks, dude. but he's an alpha. And there's not a lot did. of alphas in this season. You need to get him. Uh,
0: Taylor said um, he was talking about Oklahoma State when Tyreek was there. So, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, I know. Wow. That's kind of weird. That, No. That that weird. doesn't
3: feel right. Like that timeline feels so. 2 so throws a better
0: ball than, uh, probably Mason not Patrick Rudolph? Mahomes, Mason Rudolph, and his JUCO quarterback. JUCO quarterback. So Mason,
3: was South Alabama his JUCO, was his or JUCO. was like that, like the? He so, was like at a... Oklahoma okay. State, and
0: then he went JUCO. Okay. He
1: finished at OK State, so he could go to. The and his, draft. Well,
0: now, and he his high with, school uh, quarterback. He finished at Alabama, the JUCO school. He started with Oklahoma State, and then he had the...
1: Uh, he yeah, yeah, but enough he the got in trouble to right.
0: Yeah, he got kicked off. But, but, Plus, he was lightning fast. But, Alright, um, as far as draft thoughts, I will say, um, Channing Tindall, I'm a fan. Um, maybe call me Mike Mayock, because I did watch him in the uh, National Championship game, and I did kind of like what I saw from Channing Tindall. Um, so call me Mike Mayock, but to grab a defensive Georgia player in the third round, um, you can't be kicking yourself over that. You gotta be pretty happy. So, all right.
3: I mean, I I think just sorry, but I think Tyndall is fine. Like, I mean. He'll probably he, hell. He might even start day one. I don't really know what their linebacker depth chart looks like, but he's like a he's a sea ball, hit ball a linebacker through and through. Can't really cover the pass at all. It's just gonna just gonna be able to run really fast and shoot through holes to stop the run. Um, but third oh like the last pick of the third round, was a compensatory pick, worth taking a shot 100%. on.
0: All right, let's uh, dive into our overall grades and let's go ahead and throw our over under on the win totals in with that. Um, we've got the over-under set at nine wins right now. Um, so I'll hand it off to uh, you, Mitchell, man. What you got is your overall offseason grade and a prediction on the over-under at nine wins.
1: I'm going to give them an A- for the offseason grade. They got the elite tackle. They got a guy in Tyreek Hill to see if it is truly Tua Tagovailoa holding them back or not. And there's no excuses at this point. They have built enough of a team to see if it is actually Tua that can go forward for this team and actually compete for them because they have been bouncing. Well, they've been above 500 the past few years, just missed the playoffs. It's not like they're a bad team. They just haven't quite gotten over the hump of beating the better teams in the league. But nine wins, I am not too fond of that because they do have some rough games in here. They do play the NFC North, obviously, but I don't know if they can beat the Vikings team. That team's pretty solid. Lions could surprise some teams out there. Bears, they should be able to beat them. And then they have a ton of games loaded in there. Like the Ravens, obviously the Bills twice. They, they play the Steelers, which is going to be a hard-fought game because that is very different play styles between two teams there. The Browns, potentially after uh, Deshaun Watson suspension because they play them in November. They play the Chargers, and they play the Packers. It's a little rough for them. They need to try to sneak a game or two out of there because they're more than likely going to go 500 in the division probably going to get swept by the Bills and then win some games here and there. I don't think they make it to nine wins. I think they finally pull the plug on Tua, and unless they trade for a quarterback like Jimmy G who can run Mike McDaniel's offense, I don't know if it's going to work for them this year. I feel you. I feel you. um, Dude, I mean,
0: I've been talking up the Dolphins, dude, and honestly, I was really high about them after, like, Initially, the Tyreek tra- Hill trade and him giving, getting the contract, and uh, me looking at the offense. I mean, it looked great on paper, but Mike McDaniel, first year head coach, I do have my concerns. I don't know if I don't know if Mike McDaniel, and I love him, like he seems like a really cool dude, but he doesn't strike and like I don't know him from Adam, so I might be wrong, but like he doesn't strike me as like the leader of men type of guy. And you don't necessarily need that at the head coaching position, but I don't know how necessarily loud going to be in the locker room. So, and obviously first year head coaches, you've got your ups and your downs. So yeah, I'm going to go under nine wins. I think that's a hefty expectations for the Dolphins this year. Um, it's going to take them a little bit. I don't know. I think Tua takes a step this year, a couple steps. I love what I Mitchell said about the hip. Um, I like that that's full and back fully healthy so i don't know if the, if he takes a couple steps this year i mean obviously they don't move on but that is yet to yet to be seen so i'll go under nine wins and on the overall grade for the off season. i love what they did they're setting themselves up for success maybe not this year but in the near future so i'm gonna go ahead and give their a a a a. I'll just rock with a solid A, 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 a. a, triple, a, a. triple A's, baby. <laughs> yes, sir. So, Jaden, you feeling a triple A on this one, or are you feeling something different? <laughs> no. I'm probably going to be
3: at, like, a B. Um, like, obviously, you got to love getting Tyreek. You got to love getting Toronto Armstead. But, like I said, the rest of that offensive line is still, like, A serious problem like Connor Williams is your next best guy and he is at best like an average offensive lineman um and Mike McDaniel I I do think Mike McDaniel is a good coach I think that he is a
0: we just don't know yet that's why that's why I was Um, criticizing we just don't know
3: yeah yeah and but the obviously the leadership is in question because he just doesn't seem like a guy that has a voice like that. Seems like a God. great, you know, yeah, podcast guest. Like just just a guy you can talk to. But while we're while everybody's talking about, you know, what Mike McDaniel is gonna do for this offense and what he's gonna do with Tyreek and you know how he could maybe help Tua, they're not talking about what the loss of Brian Flores means for this defense. This was a defensive unit that was constantly overachieving with the players that they had. I mean, they got guys like Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, um, Emmanuel Agba, but they were constantly like a top eight unit when he was there and pretty much carried, I mean, two years ago, this offense had to a steal at the level that he's playing at. They had no offensive line. They had no Jalen Waddle and still won 11 games. So, and that was pretty much, I would say that's almost entirely predicated on their defense and what Brian Flores did with that unit. Now that's gone. So what was once a strength is now weakness. And obviously the offense is looking to be a strength, but that defense I think is going to take a significant step back. And it might be the reason why they go under nine wins, which I think they will. I think they'll miss the playoffs again. Um, And I think they'll be looking for another quarterback, whether that be through the draft. Honestly, I think they will be, you know, vying for a veteran option, whether that be Kyler, whether that be Lamar, whether that be fucking Tom Brady. Um, Cause you, you can't continue to waste time trying to develop another rookie quarterback when you just gave Armstead and Tyreek, that kind of money. Um, They do have a pretty brutal schedule. I just, I feel like we've said that every team has a brutal schedule and that's because like the there are like 20 there. Yeah. Well, the AFC is really good, but there are like legitimately like 24 teams that we could see making the playoffs next year like there are a lot of fucking well, so teams, teams in, like, in this and offseason and so like every schedule
0: runs that you would never expect like the Miami Dolphins you know going out and getting their guys yeah. and yeah we're not even take,
3: we're not even taking that into account quite yet and obviously injuries happen so like when they play the Chargers and Justin Herbert may have torn his ACL oh, let
0: me put that in yeah, mind like, Mitchell um, that's bad voodoo bro.
3: <laughs> like Jesus <laughs> obviously like that that game we can't really predict but like there's so many good teams so like every, right every team has Justin a tough Herbert schedule feels like.
0: Justin Herbert is I'm, going to tear his ACL.
1: I am burning your house to the ground. That's the that quote machine. graphic.
0: Justin Herbert is going <laughs> gonna, to tear his that's ACL. A, that's going to be
3: out. <laughs> <laughs> just him like wincing just like, and he's just it's Justin just like Herbert will tear It's his
0: like RG3 like uh, holding onto his knee but Justin Herbert's face <laughs> just like photoshopped. <laughs>
3: It's Chase Young, like, with his <laughs> hand on Joe, Her- Joe Burrow's shoulder, but it said it's just
0: Joe Herbert, the ultimate quarterback.
3: <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go under nine wins. Um, I think this this team's going to start slow. I mean, you get New England, Baltimore, Buffalo, Cincinnati for the first four weeks. There's a lot of newness right now in Miami. You, I mean, new head coach, new left tackle. Essentially a new quarterback because Tua was, like, in and out of the lineup last year. I, I do think they go under nine wins, and I think they might go pretty far. I think they might finish last in this Damn. division. Maybe yeah, that's my that's, quote graphic.
0: That's,
1: oh! oh last kill where, where, is, I,
0: dude, I need a fucking soundboard. I take
1: Tyreek Hill outside of the top 15 fantasy Dude, that's the next too. thing
0: I'm going. I'm going to get a soundboard. Pretty here soon because I need to after a hot take, yeah. dude. I gotta, <laughs> gotta hit the yeah. Pretty here soon. I gotta have a button to push for that. But all right, the Dolphins will finish last in the division. What a fucking hot take! I like it. All right, so the next team that we got on the slate had a very snoozable off season to say the least. Um, but we'll go ahead and cover it. Dive into our overall grade and the over-under on the win totals. And the team that we got coming up next is the New England Patriots. So, on the addition side, they bring in Devontae Parker, wide receiver out of Miami. Kind of just never had high expectations coming out of Louisville and just never really lived up to that. He had a couple of solid seasons and he showed flashes at times um, last year and this year but he didn't play a full season this year so a little bit of an injury concern but you also bring in wide receiver Taekwon Thornton out of Baylor in the draft um you bring in guard Cole Strange which was probably the most bizarre well not probably it was the most bizarre pick in the first round
3: why would you say bizarre and not say strange you completely fucked that up
0: I've you heard too much. Sure like that. I was gonna call him Doctor I th- th- thought about it, it all, bro. I thought lot. about calling him Doctor Strange. I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna go fucking bland here. Dude, have you seen go. Cole Strange's helmet, go. by the way? His face mask. Shit's like a yeah. duck bill. It's, it's like a duck Hard-O. bill, dude. It's like that's it's it's got a it's a, it. got the bar right down the middle, it's a man. Hard-o. It's he's he's gonna be a monster he's a he's football, a football guy. guy he's a bill belichick <laughs> guy watch him be oh, like dude, a football pro Obviously i mean he will. i
3: remember hearing that with like logan mankins was like that was what a lot of people were talking about was like when they drafted him everybody was like who the fuck is this guy and then turns in to be like a 10-year starter so that's
0: just what happens Cole strange baby on his way great things um but also on the addition side they bring in corner marcus jones And they bring in safety Jabril Peppers after, was it in a trade with the Giants or the Giants just dropped him? Pretty sure the Giants just dropped him, right? Yeah. Yeah, All right, but solid pickup nonetheless. And then on the departure side, longtime offensive coordinator Josh McDaniel, who, Josh McDaniels, you you put the 1L. Dude, so many people are victim to that like now with Mike McDaniel and Josh McDaniels like it's it's hard it's hard to keep that shit straight like I've done it a thousand times uh, so far so but um but yeah now? so Mike or Josh see, I'm fucking about myself but um longtime offensive coordinator Josh what McDaniels had a lot of success in New England multiple Super Bowls um he is finally headed out of town after he was supposed to take the Colts job like 4 or 5 6 years back um, didn't end up doing that. And then he ends up taking the Raiders job this offseason. Um, the departures as well include Ted Karras, center, um, defensive end, Chase Vinovich. longtime Patriots linebacker, played for, the Je- or played for the Dolphins for a little bit. Now he's with the Chargers, um, Kyle Van Noy. And then they also saw cornerback J.C. Jackson. He, a motherfucking turp. Um, J.C. Jackson is headed to the Chargers on a four-year. Is it four-year or five-year deal? a
1: fucking bone.
0: Five Five eighty-two. Five-year, eighty-two million dollar deal to Chargers. So, well, yeah, Taylor. I was hoping that Taylor would comment. He had hurt, man. I was looking for some more enthusiasm there. But um, yeah. So favorite move, boys. Favorite moves. Worst moves. I mean, they didn't do a whole shit ton. Um personally I'm a huge fan of Devontae Parker not I wouldn't say a huge fan. I've always been a fan of Devontae Parker. I've always wanted him to do well. I've seemed to always like pick him up on the waiver wire like early on in the season, hoping that he somehow picks up the form that he's supposed to been supposed to been picked up over the past fucking six years or however how long he's been in the league but i'm a just being stuck in Miami didn't have a quarterback, so He's got his boy now. He's got Mac Jones. Really solid season last year. So, And I think Devontae Parker is miles better than any of the options they have in New England currently. So I think he slides himself into the number one spot right away. And, you know, you trade him for 2023 third round pick. You get Devontae Parker and a 2022 fifth round pick in return. So I like the trade return, too. So, yeah, I'm a fan of the Devontae Parker signing. What do you guys think as your favorite move? Or not signing trade? Um, mine was
3: far and away bringing back Trent Brown on a two-year 13. I know that that wasn't in the graphic because it wasn't like a, you know, a new player in, but getting a starting-level tackle who has played, like, borderline all-pro-level football um, at only 29 years old, who's played in your system – uh that that's like what everybody should be talking about from New England this year. That is an absolute steal. I think Debar- Devonte Devontae Parker's cool. Like you said, it's better than anything that they have and it's not even really close. Um but Trent Brown, that's just genius
0: signing. I don't I don't know how on earth that they got him for you know, that money. Um also, one last thing on the Devontae Parker trade. Um I believe that fifth round pick turned into Bailey Zappi. So Package ended up being Bailey Zappi, Devonte Parker for a third round pick. Ain't too shabby, especially considering Bailey's Bailey, Z- Bailey Zappi future. Yeah,
3: future Brian. Bailey
0: Zappi, dude, fucking set all those records at uh, WKU, Western Kentucky. The next next version of Mike White coming to you. He went to Western Kentucky too. But um, Mitch, what you feeling here, man? Favorite move?
1: I really like Marcus Jones. He's a great returner, and if he develops a little more as a cornerback, he can make the big play, get you the pick, super fast. And uh, he's not going to patch the hole that J.C. Jackson left, but he's a nice developmental piece. And he's much less of a reach than uh, Cole Strange was in the draft.
3: You hear that they're trying to play him on offense? They want to get him involved in like they're like not not
1: making a package
3: for him. But like just getting him involved in some little plays. I mean, the dude's fine. So which like, which yeah. one of those seven He's offensive
0: coordinators is trying to implement Marcus Jones? Offense.
3: I don't, I feel like it was the ah. third and the fifth ones that were saying that they wanted to get Sweet. Marcus Jones on offense. Because I mean, you see what he can do as a kick returner. He's obviously pretty agile He's with ball, and, ball. and because of their lack of guys with talent with ball. <laughs> They're lacking the guys ball with balls. Ball talent, um, talent with balls. I mean, it's worth a fucking shot. Like, who, who gives a shit? <laughs> talent with balls in their hands. Um, but I mean, it try it out. He's gonna, he's gonna be a slot corner uh, in the NFL for sure. He'll never, ever play outside. If he plays hard. outside, he's gonna get fucked um, because he is so small. But he is like. If he was like 6'4", he'd be a top five pick. He's supremely talented athletically. He's a fantastic corner. Um, he's just probably going to be too small to ever play on the outside, be a pure slot corner for the rest of his career. But I Wait, like him.
0: Uh, let's dive into some of our worst moves, and I'll go ahead and lead us off. Um, letting my, uh, Josh McDaniels walk out the door. I mean that sucks I mean he was going if he wanted a coaching job he was going to get a coaching job so he wanted the Raiders job he was going to get the Raiders job like he could have I felt like I mean correct me if I'm wrong or you guys feel different I feel like Josh McDaniels was the most qualified candidate for almost any position because of his success and if you're if you're looking for a more offensive minded coach I feel like he was clear in a way the best candidate I mean. Let me ponder that one for a second.
3: A I mean, I don't know why that signing just felt like it got like swept under the rug to me. Like it, it just like I didn't think about it. I don't know if it happened late or what, but It just came I don't out know, of the like blue. Because Josh McDaniels,
0: he was set up to be yeah, yeah. and a lot of Patriots fans have been saying this, he was set up to be the successor to Bill Belichick. You know, it seemed like, okay, like, after he didn't take the Colts job, it was like, all right, so he's just going to be, he's going to step in after Bill I mean, heads out.
3: Like, it's, they'll have a guy. They put a head coach out pretty much every other year. Like, they'll, somebody will, somebody will be able to be Bill's successor. I'm not t- entirely worried about that, but I feel like there had to be somebody, but I can't, I
0: can't think of it. So, I will, I will see and I will give it to Offensively? I mean, Hackett. No, like, Hackett's the only guy that you could argue. Offensively,
1: they just coast off of Bill's coattails because he's a great defensive coach. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Hackett's the only other guy that you could maybe argue was a better offensive mind. I mean, Gable. Yeah. Gable could 100% be in that conversation. But who's done it the longest? Who has fucking multiple Super Bowls with their offense? We Tom Brady. We Tom are true, but he's doing the same thing with Mac Jones. Now like is it just Josh McDaniels system? Who knows. Is Brady a system quarterback? Bring that talk back last <laughs> But um they are doing a system. But I that sucks. Josh McDaniels leaving um after much success in New England. Um that offense looked so good under him last year with Mac Jones leading the charge, and I'm very curious what it's going to look like now that Josh McDaniels is gone, and if Mac Jones is still going to be that best quarterback that we saw last year from the draft class. I don't think, I don't think it's going to be that case anymore. Um, and another not-a-fan-of-this-move or non-move, I guess, um, letting go of Chase Binovich and Kyle Van Noy, Kyle Van Noy especially. Um, you brought back Kyle Van Noy to, like, you know, remind all the dudes in there what the culture was. And then Jace Vinovich obviously drafted by the Patriots. So he was a big culture guy. Those were two pillars on your defense that kind of embodied the Patriot way, especially Kyle Van Noy. And you let those guys leave packing, um, kind of a hurt to your culture, in my opinion. But those are some of my worst or least favorite moves, I guess, or non moves. But um what you boys feeling?
3: I mean the More. obvious. Like I'm. This has been said a hundred thousand times now. Cole Strange, probably a reach. Like this is like a classic. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't overtrust your own evaluations. Like there's a. They have a board of like fifteen people. Yeah. And that's. And look, they, they, they like it. them in Seattle are like the two teams where every year you have absolutely no idea what it is they're going to do, and. Here we are again. Cole Strange was, I'm pretty, like, PFF's, like, 84th-ranked player. Got picked 29th. Um, Like, if you like a guy, that's great. But there's a reason why the media, the other 31 NFL teams, don't have him as a first-round player. Like, maybe it's because he's not that good. Like, you can like him as much as you want. But you could have probably got him in the second round. Like and, and at the very worst trade back like into the first half of the second round like I'm not saying also, just wait until
0: your pick Bill Belichick so like yeah. if Bill Belichick listen, felt Phil Belichick. so strongly about Cole Strange that he wanted to reach obviously it was a reach I obviously. don't mind the Cole,
1: Cole Strange pick. pick what bothers me is yeah. the Kyawon Thor that was pick. my next pick got him. Or three That's rounds funny. later, well, and see, there were so many receivers on the board. See the thing—you still had Sky Moore there. You had George Pickens there. There was so much more talent available than Tyquan Thornton, who is a go route guy. That was the dumbest pick of the draft. See
3: the thing with Tyquan Thornton is like, was it the dumbest pick of the draft? Probably not. Was it in that conversation for sure? But everybody wants speed. So, like, to say that he would have made it but to like day three? Good at the deep ball. No, he, no, he's not. But to like say, like, if they loved him, if they had a cold, Strange type evaluation on him, where you know they really, really liked him, maybe more than everybody else, he's probably not going to be there on day three. Like, if you, if you really wanted to wait that long, because teams want speed, you and he is. Jake
1: and <laughs>
0: It the start of round three.
1: The same argument
0: can be made. Why did Wandell go so early in the second round? It's because there was a run on wide receivers. Everybody was drafting wide receivers and everybody wanted to get their guy. And whether or not Tyquan Thornton is a good pick, I mean, that's up for debate. But obviously he was the Patriots wide receiver, their favorite wide receiver. So they went up and caught him. But Baylor wide receivers, man, just recently stink. I mean, we...
1: Denzel Mims yeah, yeah. a couple years ago. I mean, I, where the fuck I is he now? I think Strange has a way higher shot of panning out than Taekwon by far. Who? Because Bill can't draft receivers anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you get drafted
3: to New England, you are immediately set back by like three years if you are a wide receiver. <laughs> also, I just want to point this out. So, what, probably two months ago, we or I went on that – little mock draft special. The first one I did, there was this dude on there and he was just like, I don't know what happened. He was drafting <laughs> for the AFC North dude. And he just started like drafting players out of left field. Like he was like legitimately like in the, we were doing a second round and he was like pulling up names that weren't even in PFF system. So like, and I, I don't know what he was doing. I, and it wasn't even like he was joking either. He like was dead serious the entire time. And he took Andrew Suber for the Steelers and I was like, what the fuck are you doing? And <laughs> New England got him in round seven. I dude, this guy and, he, and he's to gonna us. he's gonna be legit. dude, if he does, man, I'm sorry. But I like and you were like doing fine until like, I don't know, it was probably like halfway through the second round. Something just clicked and you just like started listing off names that no one has ever <laughs> heard of. Like, I don't know where you found these guys. We were doing on the PFF mock draft simulator, and he's like, did I miss him? No, he's just not there. But Andrew Stuber was one of those guys. And also, I'm so glad that New England was here because I was, like, starting to feel bad for going on little tangents when we were doing the Jets and the Dolphins and the Patriots, or, fuck, and the Bills, because the Patriots don't have anything to talk about, except for Cole Strange. Yes. very strange. So, because we're almost done.
0: Right. I mean, that's not exciting. I mean, you yeah. just, you can almost group last offseason and this offseason together for the past you know, because they went all in yeah. last offseason. So, all right, boys, let's dive into our uh, overall grade for the Patriots offseason and an over under on the win total. Uh, the line sits eight and a half wins. So, Mitch, I'll hand it off to you first, boss. What you got? <laughs>
1: Ooh. Get ready for an Instagram. Wham, 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 wham. They're not going above five hundred, and Phil Belichick's empire is falling apart. And the last piece of that was Josh McDaniels. He was the last piece of the Tom Brady era, and that was the last piece of wow. magic they had. They had a rough off season. Granted, I like Cole Strange, Trent Brown coming back's big. But they gave away Shaq. That, 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 that was much back to the
3: NFL You before. have
1: pretty much – I'm not huge on Devontae Parker. He is a starter but, like, wide receiver 2-3. Oh, for that receiver.
3: He's, yeah.
1: he's not great. They lost an all-pro pretty much in J.C. Jackson. I'm pretty sure he was an all-pro at one point. You lose, like Kane said, a heart and soul guy like Kyle Manoy, one of the great guys, you cut him. He didn't have a big contract. You cut him. Or pretty much nothing. It, it just seems like things are going to crumble. They don't even have that hard of a schedule, but I don't think Matt Jones is that guy. You can try to game manage all you want. It's just Bill's not offensive minded enough, and he doesn't have Brady or McDaniels anymore. He's going to have to try to groom somebody, and maybe McDaniels is grooming somebody in the works, and that's why he finally left, but i they don't have the pieces on offense. I think you need creative in-game scheming, which is probably what McDaniels was doing. I I think it's gonna be missing, and that offense is gonna be lackluster, and the defense just lost an all pro and a heart and soul guy. I don't think it's gonna work I think, out. For them. How about
0: another? I'll hop onto your hot take and I'll add some more hot take vibes.
1: Oh, they finished last too. That's another hot one. Oh, I think the wow, Jets beat him in the division. That's a huge one.
0: I, told, I love the thought process there. Like Josh McDaniels, that's the last piece of the Patriots dynasty that was, that is out of there, and now we won't see that dynasty return for many years to come. I, I fuck with that. I feel like that is a legitimate chance of happening. Um, I'll go ahead and say that every quarterback that was drafted – in Mac Jones' class in the first round, every quarterback, minus maybe Justin Fields, will have a better season than Mac Jones did, after Mac Jones had the best season out of all of them this past season. That's, if you want to throw that on quote graph. But, Jaden, what, what you got for your overall grade and uh, overrun on the win total? Oh yeah,
3: what was your all overall
0: grade? <laughs> what did yeah, you have for your overall grade, Mitch? <laughs> D. Uh, D. Where were we? Right, I'll go ahead and take the. I'll go ahead and give him a C minus because I do like Devonte Parker. Um, and is Devonte Parker alone worth a C minus? Probably not. Um, I guess we could throw in Jabril Peppers in there too. I mean, I guess I'm a fan. Um, kind of beef up that secondary after the loss of J.C. Jackson. Um, but yeah, I'll go ahead and C And I, I'm aligning with Mitchell. Man, I think they'll go under eight and a half points. Jaden. Yeah, um, I'm going to go D minus, and the only thing that holds it
3: from an F is Trent Brown. If they sign Trent Brown to a big deal, or they let him go, this will be an F. Um, You let Josh McDaniels out the door. You have a terrible draft. You only lose good players. You don't really bring anybody in that's worth a shit. Um, That is a terrible off season, and you know, outside of Trent Brown, that's how you create an F level off season. So. Gonna get a D minus. Trent Brown saves it. Um, If he's not good, you know I will. If he's not good in seven months or however many months, I will come back here and say that this was an F. So just put me down for that. But and that'll be on a that'll be on a quote graphic seven months from now.
0: You know what? You guys gave him tentative F. I cannot (laughs) Trent Brown sucks. Parker. I'm gonna downgrade to a D plus. So there's that. So D's across the board for the Pats in the offseason sheesh end of a dynasty man all right boys well they win the super bowl year. <laughs> might as well dude i mean that was what we were talking about last year uh will the patriots continue to run the division but i think that era has come to a bitter end but all right what uh what division we got up coming next next week man should be the afc south which is a little boring um because they have two of the
3: worst teams in the NFL, and the Colts, who got Matt Ryan and Gilly, and Titans. the Titans, who I had to put,
1: yeah, Blake um, was on their
3: graphic, <laughs> dude. For the
0: Colts, I had to put Alec Pierce, so yeah, <laughs> that's wrong, dude. I don't know. He's the uh, Alec Pierce is the running back
3: I'm out of Florida, right? Ryan.
1: They have they got a turnover. Well, was going put I was gonna put you Nick Cross, but.
3: And, like, it, I'm never going to find a Bernard May- Raymond jersey swap, but they did have a bunch for Nick Cross because – Oh, you meant you, had, you right? had
0: to put the Pierce jersey swap. Oh, yeah. oh shit.
3: Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> – Oh, that's dude, dude, you don't even know. For um, – You yeah, have to fill up right, Lindsey one. I don't know do that, but <laughs> for the Raiders, I had to put um, Dylan Parham. So, yeah.
1: Ooh, that's rough. Probably-
3: you found now, that? it was just a picture from OTAs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how the fuck am I going to find a Rock
0: or a Demarcus Robinson? It's, it's him in gym shorts. Like, I don't really have a fucking option. Dude, did you guys see that Uh, last thing before we hop off? Um, do you guys see that? Um, And it's going to be weird if you guys didn't. Um, that picture of Andy Dalton at OTAs with, like, he's, like, stretching out, like, in ultimate quarterback form. He's got the cleanest head of hair you've ever seen. And, dude, I'm, yeah, I'm, after that picture, I'm on the Andy Dalton train. Gonna fucking take famous, famous James' job. This year. I used to be a huge Andy Dalton. I can't guy. find him. Huge Andy Dalton. Guy. So this is awkward. It knows. Bummer. <laughs> but if you could find the uh, sexy ass picture of Andy Dalton, guys, go look it up. Just stretching, OTA. I don't know why you would want to see it, but <laughs> make him
1: the Saints graphic. <laughs> make that Here's picture Blown up picture Saints of his face, as
0: well. All right. Well, for the members of the Blitz podcast, uh, Mitchell McDonald, Jaden Kozak, and Kane Schwartz signing off. Uh, We'll do some more episodes next week. Looking forward to it. Glad to be back. Glad to get another two episodes in this week. We will catch you next week. Ladies and gents, peace.